This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Welcome everyone to the Arty Farty Show and it's so lovely to, we're, we're back in the studio today and I've got my, I don't know, my right hand man, I think, I'm not sure who, I don't know my left from my right to be honest. I'm uh, sitting on your right and it's absolutely delightful to be back again. I haven't done this since, uh, for probably about three months because I missed a few before Christmas Yeah, and it's very nice to be back. Indeed, it is. And, uh, of course, a lot has been happening in the art world, which is good uh, because um, so many things are dwindling to, um, you know, uh, to a stop. And uh, it's nice to think that uh, uh, shops like Art Zone, for instance, is still going strong. We are still going strong it, as well. In fact, we've started up some new things. I must say, uh, when we went to uh, the red traffic light thing, the town just... I won't say collapse, but things just went straight into first gear. It was it was really noticeable for everyone, including us. But now things are starting to creep back again. And uh, I think people are getting used to the idea, and they realise they can't stay at home forever. So uh, they're coming out. There's still not much travel going on. So uh, people are holding on to their money. And I, th- I think things are going to look quite optimistic, actually. Oh, it's, that's it, my it, man. It's, it's like anything. You know, you... you you're, it's a bit of a shock. You get used to the idea, and then it just all becomes normal. So we're we're very the, optimistic for the rest of the year. The new normal. The it's, new normal, uh, and like it, it is. I was yeah. I was sick of that uh, that phrase, but it really is the new normal. It's <laughs> it, what was what was unthinkable before. Yes. It's just the way we do it now. Yes. Well, it was unprecedented, and now it's precedented. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, at uh, Art Zone, quite, when, I've, honestly, uh, I, when you go in there, it's a cornucopia of fascinating things. If you, uh, For instance, first of all, if you cast your eye over the uh, upper parts of the walls, you'll see many, many fine paintings by Andy himself. And uh, there are oils and... Uh, oils and some watercolours, some drawings. Rosie's got a lot of uh, stuff on the wall. And it's really good because we don't have a, as much... We don't have much room at home. Uh, you know, the the walls are packed. And you're, mm. st- you're still painting. Well, what am I going to do with it? You yes. just bung it up at, at the shop. They're stacked up as well. There's far too many, but it's really interesting. And what's been, what's been a lot of fun over the last week is the students are back. And it's always fun because you, you, it's good to see the regulars, but it's also good to see new people that have probably never even been to Dunedin before. They're going, going to university, especially the art ones, and they come in and you can enjoy them looking at something that they haven't seen before as if you haven't seen it before yes. as well. And I always like this time of year because oh. it's the new batch. And you think, you know, 10 years ago, these kids were in primary school and 10 years later, and 10 years on, the primary school kids that are in Auckland now will be coming in 
and seeing yeah. it for the first time. That's it's, right. It's really good. I love, I love February. February is absolutely brilliant. Oh, that's good. And the sun's shining. And, the, <laughs> and everyone's so bright and optimistic. Absolutely. <laughs> This is, this is how we laugh at them. We think, oh, you, the weight of the world has not crushed you yet. <laughs> uh, did you have a good Christmas? I'm just think, wondering how the well, – because uh, uh, you have a wonderful range of Christmas uh, um, bits and bobs. Uh, yeah. And um, I shouldn't say that because Rose will be saying, oh, hold on a minute. It's not bits and bobs. It's not bits and bobs. Well, it's a department. It's, a, <laughs> it's her department, the bits and bobs. We had a very good uh, run-up to Christmas. Everyone was uh, was buying art supplies for Christmas. We had a really nice break. We were supposed to be in Canada this year. Ah. Uh, we were supposed to be leaving on Boxing Day. Not that we booked it, because the last time we booked, we we fell on our face. Mm, yeah. Uh, but that was, I mean, that was the plan. If and, you'd got uh, there, of course, you could be sitting on one side of that bridge and waiting oh, uh, for well, the opportunity to get over yeah. from America yeah, into well, Canada. You're not going to hitchhike on a truck, are you? Over <laughs> <there>? <laughs> well, they, well, they did it for Europe. So. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we were supposed to be going to Vancouver, that, but we thought, no, we're not going to book. We're going to do that later, two or three years, uh, whatever. So we stayed at home, and it was very nice to stay at home. You know, in our case, whenever we get time off, we're either somewhere else or we're never at home. You know, right, when, you're, yeah. when you're at home for a week in a row, you think, oh, this is fantastic. And, of course, it's winter over there, so you'd be freezing oh, cold. It was really – because uh, I've got a friend over there. She used to live here. Now she lives over there. So I'm mm. in constant contact. And mm. she's saying, you know, it's like, it's minus 13. Yes. Yeah, <coughs> that's, that's uh, unlucky. So it wasn't – it would be very unlucky. <laughs> I've been to Vancouver, and I had a – a photo of myself in a T-shirt. I went in January, <laughs> went in January 20 years ago, and it was so nice I could actually stand there in winter in a T-shirt. And no one believed me, but it's like, no, it's yeah, nice. Yeah. It was probably about 15 degrees. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, uh, winter in Vancouver at 15 degrees, it's pretty It's pretty unusual. Oh, I'd say. God, that's amazing. Um, things that are happening in uh, Art Zone at the moment, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to focus on framing. F -f focus on f -f framing, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, that was a conversation that we'll have a little later. Yes, yeah. Uh, but uh, what else is um, you know, jumping up and hitting you between the eyes? It's we're just staying with what we've got at the moment. There's a lot of new stuff. We're being very careful. We're just ticking things over. We've got some plans later on in the year to start up a few new lines, but because things are a little bit uh, edgy at the moment, we thought we're just going to tick over what we're doing, and we won't start anything new. And but there are some things on the in the pipeline that if everything goes good, we can build it up. Well, when all's said and done, you're getting the students coming in, and they're wanting to use the traditional materials. Exactly. And to be honest, there's when we say starting new things, there's only so many new things. You know, mm. we don't mm. need. We've got four different brands of artist oil paint, three different brands of artist acrylic, three different brands of artist watercolor. Just to get another brand in, yes. it's not it's not achieving that much because, no, no. to be honest, if if it's an artist brand, it has to pass certain tests of. Uh, pigment, uh, the amount of pigment in it, the light fastness. And so when someone says, what's your best brand of watercolour? Well, they all are. There's not – you, you mm. get intermediate ones, student ones, kids ones. Mm -hmm. But when you've got the artist ones, they're actually – they have to be good. Otherwise, they don't pass the test. They don't get the stamp of approval. What would those brands be? Uh, well, we've got three artist brands in watercolour. Art Spectrum from Australia. Oh, yeah. Sanilia from France. Winsor mm. & Newton, of course, from mm -hmm. England. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as the oils go, Art Spectrum again, mm -hmm. Old Holland, 
which is a really, really primo brand. Uh, Windsor and Newton, uh, Windsor and Newton again. And acrylics is uh, Matisse, which is Australian. Atelier Golden from America, and Windsor and Newton again. So to oh. get to get another artist brand Quite of acrylic, it. it's really you've not, got the field covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, absolutely. There's nothing to be achieved. So I, I'm really looking for things that we haven't got, mm. and I'm not sure what we haven't got. We they have to be represented. Oh, I to don't us know what say. we haven't got. Well, this is the this is the thing. I don't <laughs> I don't know what's out there. But if someone comes in and says, "Look, we've got a new thing," like the like the preparation W. Which is, a, you think, what is Preparation W? It's a bucket of gunk that turns traditional oil colour into water mixable oil colour. Wow. And, you, and I said to the guy, you know, oh, come pop, on. go on. <laughs> and he said, well, here's a, here's a blob of oil paint. You pick, put this stuff in and wash it out under the tap. And it's very good for people that can't stand the fumes and don't want turpentine to, to do the cleanup. What about drying time? Very, very slow. Yes, yes, okay. It's very – and I like that because I want, I want to come back the next day and yeah. it's still there. If I wanted speed, I would go with acrylic because I've, yeah. got, I've got no problem with acrylic. It's just I'm too slow. It dries and I'm still working on it. So it's very good for people that, that do – because oil, oil paint is not that big a deal. It's the cleanup that people don't like. It's turps. Yes. It's white spirits. It's awful stuff. Very, very bad for – especially if you're at home and you haven't got much ventilation. If you're doing it uh, in the, uh, the dining room table, uh, yes, I'll say. as a lot of us tend to do. What so, are we, so what are we this, having tonight, Rose? Curry. <laughs> Again. <laughs> um, so uh, so that, that's just an example of one – product that I didn't know existed and right. now I do and you think well let's do that let's get that we've got nothing to compete against that so now we know so it's slowly building up we just build up and build up as the years go on we'll try to get everything well there you are Art Zone still there in Hanover Street uh, your prim- premium art shop in Dunedin and uh, I, I must say uh, talking about nothing new I got um, well my wife actually uh, we found some of my paintings when I say paintings uh, or drawings that go back to wait for it, 1949, when I was five. Well, I was actually wasn't even five at that stage. I was still waiting to become five, and uh, these drawings, my mother, of course, uh, managed to keep salt them away somewhere, and we found them. And Julie said, "We're going to frame those." I said, oh, "You don't want to frame those." And she says, yes, I do. And so um, off we go to, down to uh, Art Zone. And uh, Andy came up with a really wonderful new solution. Um, he, um, there was, there was um, I think we did three frames. And uh, Andy wanted to, he, I said, oh, God, we have too many frames. He said, well, you can put one on one side and one on the other. I said, what? And sure enough, that's what he's done. He's a double frame, and you just hang it from the centre. You just spin it round and look at the. If you're sick of one side, you look at the other side. Yeah. It was it was very uh, um, foreseeing of your mother to do that. It was because, like, I haven't got anything of when I was a kid. I was I was no. painting and drawing all the time. And imagine, you know, some of the some of the most famous artists in the world. Imagine if you could look at what they were doing when they were four. Yes, you yes, know, because exactly. they, they must have been doing something. It would be encouraging. Yeah, yeah, and and I must say, you've improved slightly <laughs> since then. It's taken seventy years, but you're getting there. You get, you keep plugging away. No, it's very good because your, you know, your great 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 grandchildren, way way down the line, would be very yeah, yeah. interested. Well, that is something. You know, imagine I must imagine say. if you could look at your 
ancestors from 200 years ago see what they were doing when they were four yes you'd, you'd never do it there's nothing right. there's nothing around so you've saved those you, you say well, look uh, leonardo i'm really pleased that i kept all those drawings <laughs> of helicopters <laughs> yeah. and stuff helicopters <laughs> Yeah, he, he designed a helicopter. He did the spiral thing. I don't think it ever took off. I think it was a theoretical yes. helicopter. Well, why, why, uh, why wait for disaster? Well, that's, a, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Rembrandt's CD collection. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's um, uh, that's enough of um, uh, Art Zone. Although it is in Hanover Street. <laughs> yeah, it's quite enough. You know. <laughs> uh, it's still there. Uh, now, we've got to talk about the Arts um, art Society, haven't we? Uh, the Arts Society, things are going very well in uh, the Arts Society. Uh, the, apparently, um, uh, there's a new uh, pres El Presidente, uh, Brendan Nyhoff, has taken over uh, from, how soon we forget? <laughs> Doug Hart. Doug Hart. How soon we forget. <laughs> Sorry, Doug. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> And uh, that's that's a wonderful thing. They keep on the new people coming in to refresh uh, things that are happening down there. Uh, actually, I have we and we had did have at one stage, and I've done exhibitions uh, together with Raimo Cooper, and and he's uh, he's great fun. He's uh, he's from uh, Finland, and uh, he is a very innovative artist. He uh, does three dimensional works. And uh, Romo is uh, just to give you an idea. He sent me an email to tell me what's happening in the uh, Otago Art Society. He does it all the time, and he heads it up. Happy New Christmas and new ideas. You know, <laughs> he's got one of these brains that goes floating around and uh, comes up <laughs> with something completely uh, unheard of. So he says uh, the summer exhibition is finishing this coming Saturday. Well, uh, ooh, oh, I'm sorry, that's today. So uh, that's all right. Uh, and there will be some activ activities for our Fringe Festival themed show, which is pink. So, uh, you, can, you know, if you're keen to start w uh, working, if, or if you're already a member, uh, that's uh, going to be fun, and a fun theme. Uh, I actually, I remember doing pink in one of my watercolours, and I had a terrible job trying to make pink. And I found out all you do is you water down red a lot. And then, well, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it becomes the, pink. the paper shine through. Oh, I gave you a hint out there. You know, <laughs> now you know what to do. Uh, the Fringe starts on the 17th of March until the 27th of March. And, ah, uh, wait for it, Rymo will be having a solo exhibition at PC Art in Port Chalmers. He got that in. Uh, it's called <laughs> Depth, Depth, Depth Defying, and it's all about my 3D work. So I'd already mentioned it, Rymo. And then the Hope and Sons exhibition, probably our, uh, the Art Society's premiere show, is on April the 9th to the 14th of May. So that's um, pretty much... Uh, they had Demo Day. That was a great uh, opportunity. They do a few of those through the year, and it gives you an opportunity to see artists at work. Uh, an excellent idea. Right, well, I think uh, that's about as much as I could... Uh, Say at the moment there are other things to do, I'm sure that we need to talk about, uh, but well done Otago Art Society for waving the flag for art in Otago. I wonder how they're going to work the openings because the openings of the Hope and Sons are usually huge, and you're not allowed more than a hundred people. That's right. At the moment, I wonder if uh, if they're going to well, they'd have to police it. You can't have more than a hundred people. I wonder if they will have an opening. Because the opening is kind of is part of the deal, isn't it? It's part of the excitement of the 
the exhibition. Well, what's happening uh, lately is that we have uh, sort of visual openings uh, and uh, you have a camera and you, uh, what do you call it, stream it. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same though, is it? It's not. not really, you're not sort of no. networking and talking to people, and but if, you know, it's the only way you can do it. Well, you can turn it into. I, I know that uh, now they're streaming a lot of funerals. Yeah, of course, this funeral has nothing at all to do with your opening uh, Targo Art Society, uh, but it's just. Um, an excellent uh, uh, alternative, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the best you can do. Otherwise, you don't get to see anything. No. So it's a good idea. I quite like that. I looked at that uh, one of those last year where they kind of panned around and gave mm. you an idea. And if you can't get in, then it's mm. ideal for that. And uh, just uh, thinking of all, all the uh, the major galleries now uh, putting their collection uh, on uh, YouTube. Yeah. So that you can see what they've got. Which is great. And talking of major galleries, the Needham Public Art Gallery uh, is um, once again doing a... a, They're they're hard at work. And um, they've got a new fixed-term curator, Sophie Davis. And uh, um, uh, she grew up and studied in Te Waipunamu and is currently... uh, Oh, that's Wellington, folks. We're, deep, we're in the deep south here now, so we're, we've got to, we're bilingual. <laughs> uh, and uh, she was uh, based in Pawnee, uh, Wellington. She was a director curator of the Enjoy uh, Contemporary Art Space, and prior to that was assistant curator at the Physics Room, and co-founded North Projects, an independent art space in Aotearoa, Christchurch. She's particularly interested in exploring relationships between art, labour and collective discussions through a queer and feminist lens. So she's right up to date. And, of course, she's with the team now. Uh, a new acquisition, uh, the uh, painting by John Barr Hoyt. Uh, and it is from Dunedin eastward towards the harbour entrance with Port Chalmers town on the left. Uh, uh, titles were quite interesting in those days. They really spelled it out, didn't they? And that's by John Barr Hoyt. It was 1872 to 1879. Wow. Um, uh, circa 1872. In other words, so the painting. So the DPH has pur- purchased that? Yes, yeah, from, the, from where? Well, he was born in England uh, uh, in 1835 and immigrated to uh, Aotearoa around 1860 and travelled extensively around the country to paint. So he was... Uh, uh, known to be uh, in the area, spent a number of years in Aotearoa, Dunedin, and the watercolour landscape is, is characteristic of his subject matter and style. It complements existing work in the gallery collection that helps to tell the main stories of the Otago Harbour and capture the shifting ways artists have responded to this part of the world. So um, that's uh, something that's worth having a look at. It's, it has a historical value. And uh, what else at the moment? Uh, Madison Kelly, that's uh, on right now, and it's called uh, Ke Tahu Kati Mamoe Pakaha, whose work uh, features in the exhibition. Uh, she's an emerging artist based here in Dunedin, and she's been spending her time at the Castleburg Cottage in Broad Bay as the Blue Oyster Cult, uh, not the Blue Oyster Cult, that's a, that's a band, Blue Oyster <laughs> Art Project Space 2022 Summer Resident. And while there, she's been continuing her ongoing research, exploring the entanglement of ecology and whakapapa. So there we are. That's, um, I, I think uh, we're going to see a lot from uh, Madison Kelly. And stay tuned uh, for her solo exhibition 
which will uh, happen probably towards the end of the year when she's developed uh, from her residency. And also a visiting artist in 2022 is Christopher Ulutupu. And over the first few uh, weeks and months, it's a delight to welcome Christopher Ulutupu. He's from Samoa, uh, and of course he has spent time in uh, Niue and in Germany, interestingly enough. So he's the current Aotearoa New Zealand visiting artist, and uh, he is uh, coming from uh, Wellington. He's a resident of Wellington, and he'll be exploring this area. Always a good thing to get these uh, up-and-coming artists to come down and paint and get influenced uh, and maybe fall in love quite often with uh, Otipoto, Otipoti. Uh, he's a graduate of Massey University College of Creative Arts, and the New Zealand Drama School, and uh, his practice is centred on video and performance. And his work, as he says, complicates understandings of identity and ingenuity. Uh, um, indigeneity, we'll get that right. Uh, navigating the ripple effects of colonisation and the experiences of the Pacific diaspora through fantasy, fiction and popular culture. So there you go, that's just a, a flash uh, of um, and a glimpse into the world of art in Dunedin, and I think we should play a little bit of music. What do you think? I think so. Mind you, that was me. Um, Andy, uh, what do you uh, think? <coughs> I think so. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> did I get Andy. that right? Did I get? Did I re- remember my lines? Okay. <laughs> you did. <laughs> right here we go. Let's. See. Oh, got no idea what it's going to be. Here we go. I'll tell you later. Getting out of this place 
many ways Got a lot of spare time Some of my youth And all of my senses on overdrive Every day now, how's it about me getting out of this place? wondering uh, what has that tune got to do with art 
Uh, well, I'm going to tell you uh, because the band is Elbow, and I must say I really love Elbow. Kiwi band? Um, no, no, they're from uh, mid the Midlands of England, and uh, I particularly like the singer. Um, and uh, some of the stuff he plays is really sings is really melodic, and that had had its moments. Uh, but of course, the connection is elbow, uh, and the connection is uh, later on. We may be talking about um, painting uh, from the human figure. Oh, I thought you were talking about going out having a pint. <laughs> Damn, I misread that one. <laughs> no, and every human figure has at least two elbows. <laughs> <laughs> We're stretching it a bit here, folks. <laughs> uh, but uh, they're really elbows is lovely. Give them a chance if you and can. And you have to bend your elbow when painting. You got to true. You know you can't do it with a stiff arm. Yeah. So there's that. There you go. You're off the hook. Ah, oh, thank, thanks for Andy. You've saved me <laughs> countless times. Well, uh, now one of the interesting things uh, that I always thought about that we haven't haven't talked about really properly before, although I alluded to it with the uh, framing that you did for me, is framing. Now, the uh, first thing you got to say, well, do I need a frame? Well, uh, well, what what is the purpose of a frame? And uh, Andy, of course, is the the master of framing. Uh, he he tr he's a trained framer. If there's such a, a, a alliterative <laughs> a trained framer, a framer. <laughs> uh, so uh, Andy's a very good, uh, a wonderful frame. He does all of my framing, uh, and uh, that says something. Particularly as I've got framing stuff at my studio, and I can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. <laughs> so that doesn't say I'm a brilliant framer. That says Ron is just bone idle. <laughs> can't be bothered. Well, what is the purpose of a frame? Well, a frame is, if it's a work on paper, it's something to hold your picture as well. You can't draw and pin a work on paper up. So it has to enhance it, but be secondary to it. I always say, if someone, if you say to someone, look at my new painting, they say, oh, that is, the, that is a beautiful frame, which you do hear that all the time. You've done it wrong because you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to notice the frame unless it's a grand artwork but the frame has always always got to be secondary to the picture the colors in the mats and the colors of the frame always can never be brighter darker or lighter than the frame but complimentary the, the, the complimentary has got to work okay. together um the purpose of a mat is to pick out some colors but also give you a bit of breathing space between the artwork and the frame this is why when you put especially a work on paper just straight into a frame it looks claustrophobic it, it almost makes you feel uncomfortable looking at it because nobody likes to be squished in no claustrophobia is not a positive word it's All a right. negative it's always a yeah. negative thing and it does look claustrophobic it has to sometimes this is not always true but it sometimes has to work with your decor as well i never like uh i never like it when people come in i know I and they bring you. in <coughs> they bring in a bit of carpet and a bit of curtain <laughs> And a picture of the picture of the window frame next to it, and say match that because yes. you're not there to match that. You're there to match the picture. Yes. And there's nothing better than going into someone's house and everything doesn't match. Right. You've got a black frame, a wooden frame, a silver frame, and that means they've they've framed things according to the picture and not yes. according to the picture next to it because yes. it never ever works out. It's very difficult when people bring in three things: two match, one doesn't, yes. and they say, "Well, just just frame that like the other two. Yeah, because it doesn't. It doesn't work. Uh, what things that we hate as artists 
Oh, uh, that's lovely. That'll go with our curtains. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and having said that, I do know uh, a, a person that uh, paints pictures, especially to match your curtains. They're actually, you know, when you sell a house and the real estate people go in and they put a couch there and a trendy little oh, rug. Yeah. Well, she does things according. So she'll have some traditional paintings for the older houses, some crazy modern paintings for the modern apartments and that sort of thing. And and there's no pretense. She says this is this is done especially to hang on the wall and look pretty. There's no mm-hmm. there's no art in it. She knows that, uh, but they pay her for it. So you just think, fine, fine. <laughs> you know, a, a cow for the old farm farmhouse sort of thing, <laughs> which is fine. Like everything has a purpose. Everything's there for a reason, and you don't have to have these great big deep meaningful pictures if it looks nice. This is what I say with the frame. People say, you know, uh, how do I know? How do I know if it's the right frame? I say, well, there's only one way to tell. If you like it, it's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. If you, because people say to me, no, do whatever you want. You, you know what you're doing. And I say, well, no, I don't. I don't know your taste. I don't know your house. Oh, yeah. And so don't ask, don't ask me to say do whatever. You, we, we do it together. That is such a relief. Now, that, <clears throat> I, now I can get rid of that Renoir and the Degas that I've got in the kitchen. Oh yeah, I'll take it off you. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll take it to the tip next time I'm going. <laughs> But it's it's right, you know. It's a it's a really simple. It's not complicated. If you like it, it's like anything, isn't it? You buy the couch you're sitting on because you like it. You like the color. You like the shape. It fits in the in the room. You don't buy somebody else's couch, or you don't say, as some people do to their interior decorators, do whatever you want because the most the biggest expert in the world doesn't know what you want. <laughs> You've got to at least work together, and say, okay, let's get five things that you like. Now whittle them down. What about the proportions? Is that a thing that you judge by eye? You judge by eye. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I. It, that's a very difficult one. In fact, there's a there's a nice watercolor I did, and it, I like the watercolor. And I I don't know why I framed it the way I did. I find it very difficult to frame my own stuff because I don't have the first impression. When I look at your stuff, I've never seen it before, and you instantly get some ideas. But when you're painting something, you're sick of the sight of it, yes. and, and you can't see it anymore. And I put this great big chunky wooden frame on it, and I've got to get rid of it because <laughs> it just doesn't work. It's really, really difficult to frame my own Your stuff. Own work. So as far as proportions go, you set things up. And I've done it before. I usually cut things bigger. And you think, okay, it's too big. Cut a bit off. No, too, it's still too big. Cut a bit off. Uh-huh. You can cut bits off. You can't stick them on. So you're better to, especially when you're cutting a mat, cut it bigger. Then you put your corner on and you zip it inside, in and out. You know, 100 mils, too much. 90, give it a go. Cut it 90. No, it's still too much. Take another bit off. And, and that's when you can slowly make a decision instead of a snap decision in your head. Say, well, we'll just make it uh, 80, 80 and 90. Then you do it. It's wrong. It needs to be bigger, but you can't, you've done it now, so you're yes, not going to do it yes. again. It's good to have a, you know, a, a second chance, third chance, fourth chance, make a decision. Well, you get Andy to do that, obviously, because I, I don't know how many of you have had a, a picture with a frame where the mat has been made too small. Yeah. And suddenly you think, hello, that's not straight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not right. And people do say, I just want a tiny little uh, mat Maybe to keep the cost down. And to be honest, dude, the difference between uh, an 80 mil mat and a 100 mil mat might be a dollar. It might not even be anything because mm-hmm. you're chucking the bit of cardboard out. You know, an inch of frame, you're not going to pay any more, really. It yes. might be an extra $5. But, but when people say, you know, keep, keep the cost down, take an inch off, <laughs> uh, bring me a bit of string in so you can tie it on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. I've had that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my own bit of string from the last painting, but it doesn't matter. This is the thing. 
I say about framing, you know, why is framing so expensive? And I think, well, the picture frame you've got on your wall is the cheapest thing you have in your house mm. because you have it in your house to look nice. Now, you think of your, your rug, right? Rug just acts like a rug. $500. Your couch is $2,000. Coffee table, which you buy off the peg, could be $300. Yes. You know, the picture you've got on your wall probably wouldn't be more than, you know, a $200 framing job's a big framing job. Yeah. It's on the wall to look as nice as your rug and your cushions and your your uh, table. And you don't walk all over it, you or do you well, sit on it? No. The, well, or the, do you it, dine on it? It will never wear out, and, <laughs> you, and you've co-designed it. You don't co-design your coffee table. You just go and buy a coffee table. Yeah. You don't co-design your rug. You buy it off the peg and say, well, I'll take that one. This is this is the cheapest bit of decor you can have in I'm your house. I'm starting to feel sorry for you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to wear my prize up or go into rug. No, but but really it is. Pe- people say, why is framing so expensive? But you never say, why is that couch so expensive? You could yes. get a cheaper. You're not going to sit on uh, on an Apple box. Right, yes, yeah. But so, so people have got unlimited money for everything. Unless it's a Billy Apple, of course. Well, exactly. Mm. But, you know, like, like a rug. You don't need a rug. If you've got a carpet, you don't need a rug. You have a rug to make your floor look nice. Well, my, my wife, <coughs> being blind, uh, a rug is an anathema. She, she, you know, it's just the, the first thing she's going to trip over. Yeah, well, yes, that's that's exactly <laughs> right. But it's, but it's comfy, and it's, it's a yeah. soft landing as well. If now, you get one of those really expensive Here's another rugs. question. Uh, a couple here. Uh, now, the Art Society and a lot of others say 70 mils from the top of the painting, I want two D-rings. Yep. Uh, now, can you explain why they want that? The higher – well, for one thing, they have a, they have a hanging system mm-hmm. which goes uh, through the hooks. So you've got to get the right size. The reason it's so high, the higher your hanging system, the flatter the picture sits against the wall. The lower the system, it falls forward, and um, and you're, you're hanging at the top. The bottom's touching the wall, and the top's hanging out. Now, if you remember the portrait gallery in the old uh, early settlers' museum, they had so many portraits, the ones at eye level were flat against the wall. As they went up the wall to the ceiling, they started leaning out. They deliberately leaned them out. So when you're looking up, these things could have been on a 45-degree angle, but when you're looking at them, you're looking at them Eye yes, to eye, yes. and so you can you can design that. The more the uh, the the lower it is, the more it leans out. In your in a art society or a gallery or your home, you don't want them leaning out. You really want them flat because you're not going up to the ceiling. No, all, all your paintings are, are to be at eye level. So that's why that is. Well, and that's thank you for the the answer to that question. Now <coughs> I understand that Van der Velden, the the. Um, the waterfall the painting uh, that is owned by the Dunedin Public Art Gallery, it's enormous. It's as big as this room, uh, I think. And the frame is, uh, uh, you know, a gelded um, uh, kind of, uh, uh, well, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's like an old-fashioned frame and it's got lots of whoops and whirls and things like that. And I understand that frame, rumour has it that it's worth a million dollars alone. Oh seriously! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You you Have see you, you know the one I've seen. I do. You know the, the big the big waterfall with the very dark green. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It's, it's one of the most recognisable parts of the collection. Yes. <clears throat> so there's a million dollar frame. You see some of these paintings, you know, in the Louvre or in uh, the Musée d'Orsay. 
you, I wouldn't know where to start. No. I, w- I, mean, this, I know where to finish. This I, about is, one hour from where I started. <laughs> this, but this is like a building project. Some, some of these things are a foot thick, and I think they are – it's a wooden structure, and, and they roll plaster. They get, they get stiff plaster, and they roll like, um, like you do with uh, pastry. You know, you put a design, and they put it on, and then they gild it. It's, it would be, uh, you know, millions and millions of dollars right, for these. Yes. These, are, these things are a work of art yes, in yeah. themselves. But then you see, it is it detracting from the painting, really? Oh, I don't know. I've been doing this so long. I, l- I just look at the frames now. <laughs> you look and you think, oh, I wonder how they did that. And of course, the the idea of painting a picture and putting a frame around it and hanging on the wall is a reasonably modern idea. Yeah. You know, uh, three or four hundred years ago, a frame was part of the building in a church so when they were designing a church they'd say right we'll put the floor here we'll put the font over here we're going to have a painting here so they would they would carve in or 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 have built a frame which was part of the wall right and then they would paint the square inside the frame that they've built did did they uh, confer with the artist before they Uh, well i'm I'm sure they did Or, or they would have said look there's your space yes yes and then the idea came about wouldn't it be wouldn't it be nice if we could actually take these things around yes so the, the 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 original frames were part of the architecture before the painting was ever considered, and then they sort of thought, well, we'll go mobile, and maybe we could put do the opposite way. So you know, painting a picture and getting it framed is that, that idea is only about two hundred and fifty years old. Yes, and you think, well, people have always framed pictures, yes, but, but not really. But not. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, you know. We're lucky enough to uh, be plebs like we are, and we can afford paint. The only yes. people that could afford paint would was be the, the church. Was the church because yeah. you had to you had to get the stuff, you had to make it, yes. you had to pay a person. There weren't little uh, people sitting at home like we do painting pretty pictures no. because where would you get this incredibly expensive stuff called paint? Well, of course, it was the spoils of war as well. <clears throat> so you know, the uh, they'd say. Uh, well, I think we should have a, a, a paintings that we are able to remove. I think that is an excellent idea. <laughs> Let us nick it. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. But those were those were already done. There were no um, there were no sort of amateur uh, painters four hundred years ago. Right. <laughs> well, thanks. But that's for a that. very good German accent you've done oh, there, Ron. <laughs> Danke schön. That das ist gut. <laughs> and uh, we will have to move on. Uh, now we are going to have a little bit of music again, and let's see how well I can do this one. I really like this song. Stars 
Super furry animals, and um, in, it, uh, in fact, the uh, uh, the name of the song was uh, something like. Um, well, you see, it's not the end of the world. That's it. And I thought that's a kind of the, uh, the the theme song for the situation that we're in. It's uh, not the end of the world. Yeah, it can only get better. Yeah, that's right. And the reason uh, we, we, next time uh, when we talk, we'll be talking about how uh, coronavirus has actually changed the way that we have to work as artists and uh, galleries. Uh, you don't, we probably have to change less uh, than the galleries have to because uh, they're not able to have the people no, in. No, but you think, you know, in the first one, you think the Louvre had to close. The Louvre's never closed. The Louvre is always open. They had to close for a month or whatever. Um, it's unprecedented. There's never... It's never happened. Yes, you're right. You know? Yeah. And the, the people that work there, the people that maintain the place, it's just crazy to, to, to think that all these paintings are not being seen. They've never not been seen. I may be wrong, <coughs> but um, and I'm prepared to accept that I am, but Louvre is the opening. The op- and and uh, like it says, remind you, uh, this is a door that you can go through. And is see that what Louvre means? Louvre, yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Uh, so uh, I, I, I'll be corrected by a thousand French people. Uh, <laughs> so can I, blow, what I you, like it anyway. What do you do? Whether you do Interesting or not. fact about the Louvre: <laughs> we, we were there two years ago, and we had to line up for an hour and a half. And they, you know, the glass pyramid. Yeah. They designed glass for that pyramid. They said we need glass that has no in, uh, has to be the clearest glass possible. And they got the glass that was available. They said no, it's not clear enough. Oh my! And God. so they 
had to invent for the very first time the clearest glass ever, and that which is, I mean, glass is glass. You, there's not, they didn't want to obscure the building. So when you're standing on one side of the pyramid and looking through to the building, you you got to see it perfectly, which yeah. seems a little bit. Uh, precious, but yes. could you imagine what that pyramid cost? Inventing a new type of glass that's never been invented before, just for that. Quite. Just uh, for that. Yes, uh, without a doubt. Yeah, crazy. And if you fell through it, my God, wouldn't you be make a name for yourself? You would. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's tough enough to uh, for uh, that not to happen. It's funny, isn't it? Because you know, when that pyramid came out, all the locals said, "Oh, how could you do this? You've disfigured." You wouldn't be without it now. The, the no. Louvre wouldn't be the Louvre without the glass. Well, it's a centre point the, anyway. The, when yeah. you go in there. Uh, you know, everything goes virtually around you. For, exactly. Yeah, you you start from yes. that. You go left, right, up yes. and down, but that's where you yes. where you start from. In fact, uh, when you, you because you got to stay there for lunch, you end up sitting on one of those seats, is a bit sort of rank, <laughs> eating a banana that you stole from the from the, from the place that it was. Yeah, from the breakfast buffet from the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I've got an egg here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fried. It's, uh, look at my trousers. I, I shouldn't have worn my white get, trousers today. I should get boiled tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, uh, you may uh, you could be. Um, Forgiven for thinking that you have been listening to the uh, Arty Farty show, and uh, I've enjoyed very much uh, this episode where we've actually been able to sit together again, which we haven't been able to do for a long time. So that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, we have a few minutes left, and uh, I think we should um, wrap it on like we normally do, uh, which is a, an excellent idea. Um, what do you think... Um, uh, we, I, I was going to just. Oh, I was going to tell you a, a very interesting thing, and have I got it? Well, I was interested in this uh, this thing about selling the rights to your painting. You're not actually. It's one of these things. You're not actually selling anything tangible. Correct. It, which is a, which is extraordinary. Well, um, it, well, you're right. But then again, this is the way it's been going lately. I mean, what, what do you do as an artist? You have a, um, what do you call it, uh, when you, you, you put a whole lot of furniture in a room, uh, like Tracy Emin does, mm -hmm. you know, she <coughs> sits on a bed or something, and that's that's the thing. Oh, the unmade bed, yes. the, with her cigarette butts and her tea. That's right, yes. Ridiculous. Well, it does seem to be, we, we've kind of got to be open to these new forms of art. Uh, I, I certainly, uh, I, I, I'm... I'm open-minded. I'm, I'm not going to say it's rubbish, <laughs> uh, but some of the rubbish because on the floor some, of it, was. some of it was rubbish. <laughs> it was actually. I'm I'm interested to see. I mean, I if I got to see that, I would go and take a look. But I'm not going to be. I'm not going to say, "Wow, this is this is genius." No, you know, I'm too. I'm too boring. I I like to see you know really good artwork or something that's been. Crazy that's been cleverly made. Like you think, well, how could they? Yes. How could they make something like that? It's huge. Well, oddly enough, I was when I was researching the show. Yes, folks, I did actually he research, research the show, and uh, <laughs> uh, and um, uh, I saw a Tracy Emin uh, uh, pen picture. She'd done just a, a black pen. It was atrocious. It was absolutely atrocious. And uh, of course, it was buying, it was selling for a heck of a price. Uh, so I suppose it's not what the painting is, it's who the, it's who's, who the painter it's who's was. It's who's done it. Yeah, and I don't like that. I, I don't like that 
yeah, I would rather I would rather buy a good painting from a nobody than a terrible painting because it's just boasting rights, isn't it? Is really. It's just saying, oh yes, yeah. it's like the Banksies. You know, the, the they're clever, but yes. they can go for unlimited prices now. There's, there's spray paint stencils on a wall. Mm. You know, the the guy with a gun with a flower in it. That is yes. not priceless. It's a great idea. Good on him. Right. I don't know how that. Took off, but we did it. We hyped him up. Yeah, we did, and, and we talked about who is he, who is he. It's brilliant marketing, absolutely well, brilliant. Marketing. I've already got a wall, you know. Just. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right. Well, there was one. There was a. He, he spray painted uh, uh, the wall on a bank, and a German guy. Is that why they call him Banksy? Well, it. <laughs> It may be. be. It may be because this was in the early days, and a German guy said, "I want that." So they had to brace the wall, pull the bricks out, rebuild the wall, and he took the wall away. And you say, "Is that why they call him Banksy?" It may be why they call him Banksy because that was the, that was his first big oh, yeah, thing, yeah, okay. and it, we, the hype was about the fact that they had to almost break the bank down <laughs> to take the wall out to put it back to give this. Book. So maybe I mean it's a well, great and true and and true enough too that if you buy a Banksy. You'll break the bank, you know. That's, well, you that's will the reality. Now. Yeah. And this is this is ridiculous, you know. <laughs> if I if I if if I sold some of your work, I'm not going to say, oh, well, who who's Ron? Where, what's his bank account? How do I get this money to him? Yes. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. He, he's got a lot of money. Like you go to the bank and say, I'd like to cash his check, please. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, he's he's a big, you know, this big money. Uh, he must deal yeah, with true. a lot true. of a lot of people, true. and you know, someone's going to yeah. spill the beans, aren't they? Say, oh. Well, we're going to finish uh, now, and uh, we've only got a few minutes left, and I'm going to play Drawing Rings Around the World. Nice. By Super Furry Animals. See you next time. Yep, we'll be back.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.